Hi, I'm Joseph McClendon III, and welcome to the Cure for the Common Life podcast. Listen, you know as well as I do that motivation, empowerment, and inspirational stories, they're all well and good, but that's not what keeps us going. That's not what's going to change your life, and that's not what's going to move the needle in your health, your wealth, your happiness, your abundance, or your ability to be able to help other people and make a difference. What keeps us going, what produces results in our lives is activity, not action, activity. And when you can get yourself past the things that stop you and hold you back, that's when you'll thrive and that's when you'll crush it. And I humbly offer you these tools and strategies to kick your own ass and make the changes so that you can thrive. But most of all, I'm going to give you something every single time that you can do to create a change in yourself. Life is exactly what you dare to make it and fortune favors the bold, baby. So if you're ready, let's bold. Well, welcome back. It's me, Joseph McClendon III. Welcome to Cure for the Common Life. And as always promised, I bring you the best of the best in helping you take your life and go further faster. And today I'm super excited because I get to introduce you to a dear, dear friend of mine of close to three decades, if not more, Matthew Bennett. And I'll start by saying this, that part of the human experience is telling stories, things that we've done, experiences that we've had, things that we've learned, and sharing those stories with other people. And one obvious way of doing that is through a book. And a lot of people want to write books, and a lot of people step up. And I'm here to tell you that it is a fulfilling experience when you get it done. And it has some advantages with you and your business or your coach or your mentor, anything like that. It kind of gives you that calling card and puts you somewhat in the expert field. And in the olden days, of course, it was much, much harder. You'd have to jump through a bunch of hoops and find a publisher and, and editors and go through so on things and, and to make that happen. But now it's a lot different. And while the self-publishing options are exploding worldwide, most authors quickly discover how much easier it is to write a book than it is to sell one. And my dear friend, Matt Bennett, he sold over 5 million books worldwide. And with decades and decades of experience as an author and as a publisher and as a consultant, his entertaining and fast-paced style addresses how authors can greatly increase their odds of succeeding through the application of specific marketing and distribution strategies. And he's often referred to as the Simon Cowell of self-publishing. He's straightforward, he's honest, and one of the smartest guys that I know. Matthew Bennett, welcome to The Cure for the Common Life. Thanks so much, Joseph. That is quite an introduction. I got to meet this guy. Yeah, he's amazing. He's amazing. Well, listen, thanks he's for being nice. on the show. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, storytelling and writing books is, is a hot, uh, hot topic. And it seems like everybody wants to write a book these days and for good reason. And your thoughts on that? Uh, well, I mean, you couldn't be more right. Uh, over 70% of people polled in this country, some polls say over 80% of people not only say they have a book in them, but they really should write it. Yeah. There's a new book published every 20 seconds. Yeah. Let that every 20 seconds. Every 20 seconds. Whoa. The worldwide book. Yeah, yeah, for real. For real. It, it wow. And it's just what you said. It's by far the easiest time in history to, to do. It, it's not even crazy how different it was from when I got started at the desk, you know, really the forefront of desktop publishing. And anyone who wants to write one, I encourage them. I think it's great. You yeah, know, yeah. Uh, 
Yeah, yeah, just like what you were saying. Yeah, you want to leave a legacy. You want to educate people. You want that business card on roids. You know, show you know people what you do and who you are. It's great. And mega successful author John Grisham was saying it's a whole lot easier to write a book than it is to sell one. Key point. Key point. Well, listen. Do you need to be a, a leading expert to sell a book? Um, you know, the great news there is you really don't, but what you've got to realize is that first time authors, they only average a few dozen sales and only 3% sell over 500 copies. Wow. So you got to be treating your run a business. Do you have to be a world's leading authority? I say absolutely not. And I will give everyone Everyone listening, a 100% guarantee that they know more about their topic than I did when I wrote the very first book because when I was single with no medical background whatsoever and not even married, I wrote a pregnancy. <laughs> and you didn't was, have any kids. Just... No, no kids, no anything. It's called The Maternal Journal and it's sold over 3 million copies. So I always say, you know, if you steal one person's work, you're a plagiarist. If you steal everyone's work, you're a researcher. <laughs> that's brilliant. That's... Yeah, and that's, that's what's real. As long as you've got that passion and the why and the passion, we hear so much about it these days. And it, but it, nothing could be more true with a book because Believe me, you're going to run into obstacles. Everybody does. There's turbulence trying to get to cruising altitude. Yeah. Wheels come off again. It's going to happen. What are people going to do about it? That's what it comes down to. Well, yeah. And well, as per what you just said right there, is it really absolutely necessary to have a great idea? Do you have to have a killer idea? Or is there, are, are there enough people out there that you know any idea is going to work? Well, you know, it's a very, very good question. I have a little saying. You, you've heard the old expression, good ideas, dime a dozen. Yeah. You've heard that, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't think that's right. I don't think good ideas are a dime a dozen. I think great ideas are a penny a million. Wow. There's wow. so many great ideas out there. No question about it. It's, it's amazing how many great ideas are out there. But you know what? That won't get it done. People hope it will, and they want it to, but that's not enough. Content is not king yeah. as long as your book is solid. Your book has to be foundationally strong, but really it's about marketing, distribution, and execution. And a super, just a fantastic example, years ago, a woman named Cindy Cashman, she put together a book called Everything Men Know About Women. And it was entirely blank. <laughs> and it still holds it true. But that's, yeah, that's a, that's a great idea. And that is a, that is a nonfiction book. <laughs> that is a, exactly. That is a nonfiction book. But the point is she made millions without putting one word on the pages. That's an extreme example. But let me... In a different context. You know, if I say Starbucks or I say Disney, 
you you have a response. You may love them. You I don't. That's not the point. Do have a reaction. You think of those brands as something. Well, when you're a small business person, and that's what we are as authors, automatically, we're, we're just small business people. Sure. You are the brand. And this is obviously where your type of consulting, I've already said several things where what you do could help people so much because getting their heads right, right is right. so important to getting to having a successful book. But you know, you're the brand, you represent your book, your book represents you. It's that simple. So everything's got to be, you know, just top notch. You always want to be moving the needle. You always want to be improving. Let's move it closer to whatever's going to help you be successful. Beautiful. You know, you have this concept, uh, you know, many, many years about write it, print it, sell it, you know, and you know, a lot of people, they focus on that. I know I did focused on writing the book, writing the book, writing the book and getting that done, obviously is a huge, huge effort, huge milestone. But you say that that is, you know, just, just part of the process, you know, getting it out there to sell it. What are some of the biggest challenges that new authors run into? Um, Well, I'm just, I'll give you a few and I'll just kind of line them up. You can stop me when you want to, but (laughs) I'll give you a few. I'll make them quick. But these are some of my biggies. And the first one is probably the most important. It's you got to avoid procrastinating. Yeah. You've got to stay focused and, 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 you know, not get distracted by everyday minutia. Because, you know, people are like, oh, no, no, I can't do it. I can't start writing until I, until I you know, get a new computer. Or, no, you know what? I, I need my a separate office. You know, then I could really get going. I need to take six months or whatever it is. All those excuses, you know what I call them. I call them ironing your underwear. <laughs> yeah. You can do it. You can do your underwear. It's a waste of time. Nobody cares about the results. You got to attack your writing with discipline and determination. And even more so, your marketing. Another one is people don't identify their target market before they write a book. Right, right. They think, write it and they will come. It, it's honestly not like that. To, to write a book and not know, and then try to figure out who you're marketing to, that's like putting up a building and then calling an architect. Right. It, it, it makes no sense. It, it's not how large amounts of books. It's not how professional writers do it. It's not how bestsellers do it. Um, And one great example of this is people write memoirs. You know, they're excited about their lives. They write a memoir, but you know what? Famous people write memoirs. You don't get famous from writing a memoir. Right. Almost all of the time. And, you know, you have to have done something truly Olympian like you have to overcome crazy obstacles in your life for anybody to really care. Care, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I'm sorry it's that way. I wish it wasn't. But if you want to make money with your book, it's an important consideration. Speaking of that, please, I, I beg everyone out there, get a professional editor. Not, I'm not talking about your neighbor who reads a lot or your aunt who used to be an English professor. That won't do it. You gotta get a really reliable professional editor. 
for some reason, and remember, I've been doing this for over 30 years, and I, it seems to me like most authors see, they, they think their writing is flawless. I'll just come out and say it. They sure. do. They think it's perfect. And it's not. It never is. We all need the help. And as the expression goes, you know, writers, they, they look at their books like they're babies. Right. Well, nobody thinks they have an ugly baby. <laughs> and I guess maybe just one other quick one would be you got to, that goes along with the others, you got to research what actually sells, not just who your market is, but what sells. And along those lines, people tend to write books that are much too long. Once the author gets going, he becomes enamored with his own work. Right, right, and right. he just goes and goes and goes. I've been handed manuscripts that were 500, 700, 900 pages long. Mm-hmm. You wow. know what I call a 900 page book? <laughs> what? A murder weapon. <laughs> there's there's the, uh, yeah, the, the Matthew that I know. Well, listen, all of those things, and there's more, obviously, but all of those things, I have suffered the slings and arrows of all of them, especially the first one. Uh, the first time I sat down to write, all of those things that you said, I, I had to get a new computer. I had to get a new desk. I had to get a new monitor. I had to get, I, I went all the way down to, I remember it, Matthew. I went all the way down to, I got a computer, a desk, a monitor, before I'd written one freaking word. <laughs> and uh, then the last thing that I got, last, yeah, the last thing that I got was, I bought a new chair, you know, a nice, a nice expensive chair, because I figured I'm going to be sitting here writing for a while. And the last thing that I got was the mat that the, the, the chair sits on so it would roll around because my floor was carpeting. And I remember thinking, okay, it's time to go. I, I got to write now. And then I remember like it was yesterday, Matt, the thought came through my mind. You know that little filter that's underneath the refrigerator? <laughs> I, I've never cleaned it. And I literally felt myself pushing away to go take a look at that. And then I got it in that moment that, that procrastination was hitting me. Yeah, your underwear must have had no wrinkles. Yeah, no, I had, I had perfect underwear. Fabulous. <laughs> well, listen, I've heard you promote the idea of alternative sales avenues and how to sell books. And can you explain more about that? Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, basically, as you graciously mentioned, I have sold over 5 million books. But what people don't realize is very few of them have been in bookstores. Less than 200,000 right, right. have been in bookstores. So people say, oh, well, that's easy. You sold them online. Hey, when I got started, there was no online. There was no online. I knew you back there. I I knew you back then. Yeah. Yep. So that's not how I do it. I work through non-traditional marketing avenues. And I work out deals. First of all, as you know, every project I do is tied in with a major nonprofit. That's part of what I do is raise money. My company is a for-profit, and we've done well. But part of what we do is raise money for nonprofits and different charities. So what I found over the years is it's just best to work out deals with large corporations and and have them distribute your book for you. It works better with nonfiction than with fiction, though sometimes it works with fiction. Depends on the kind of moral of the story. Right. But it's 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 incredible, really. And what I'm talking about is they're a purchase with purchase 
deals. That's where you buy something and then you get to buy a book at a discount. There's straight gift where if you buy something, they give you this. There's incentive where, hey, join our club and we'll give you this book. There's all kinds of different like just models that we've worked out. And we have over a dozen where a company can give away your book for free. It literally doesn't cost them any. So we have all these different ways of doing that. And my books have, that's how I sold so many. Otherwise I would not have been able to. Um, It's just, it's great. I mean, it's, they become your, like they become your marketing arm and your distribution arm, which is incredible. And people, you know, some of people say, oh, you know, oh no, once my book gets out, you know, it's going to spread virally. <laughs> and I always say to them, you know, what spreads virally viruses. <laughs> That's the only thing you can predict is going to spread virally. You got to have a better plan than that. So I train people how to do exactly what I did, but also any other way of getting their books out there. It, you know, people say, oh, if I could just get in the bookstore. They don't think it through, Joseph. They just don't think right, it right. through. No, yeah. If it's on a shelf in a bookstore, people aren't going to just wake up and go, huh, I wonder if a guy named Matt Bennett wrote a book. <laughs> I, I can go to the bookstore and see. It doesn't work like that. Especially now, especially now. And so you steer more, and I'm asking, you're steering more towards self-publishing versus finding a publisher? You know, it's such a funny question because the answer is yes, first of all. Let's get the punchline out of the way. Yes, definitely. Definitely these days it's self-publishing. It's not really, here's what people don't realize. It's not really a choice anymore. Uh, most publishers won't even look at an unsolicited manuscript. Right. This is a fact. Yeah. And and people don't know it. And then the ones they will look at have to be professionally presented just the way they want it. It's so basically thousands and thousands come in. What I'm about to say, everyone brace yourself. I'm not joking around. This is a fact. 90% of manuscripts that at least get to an editor's desk, a reviewer's desk at the publisher, 90% are rejected on the first page. Sure, sure. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. 98% by the end of the first chapter. Because they get 10,000 new you know, submissions a year. They've got to just blow through them. And of those, in a good year, they might... They, they might do like 10 new books. Right, right. In a bad year, they don't even do five. Right. Mm-hmm. Just the way it goes. So you, know, you got to get an agent. That's very hard for non, you know, non-published authors to do. I see the irony there, but it's a fact. Um, if you're an unknown, it's very difficult to get an agent. And then they've got to get your work through. So there's so many advantages to self-publishing. You get to keep a much larger piece of the pie. You control your project. Uh, There's, you know, you can do the deals that I'm talking about. If you have a publisher, it's very hard to do specialty deals. it's their way. It's their way. The the list goes on and on and on. Yeah. Well, you know, and like, like I said, the top of this, that 
you know, writing the book. Now, not to say that that isn't the easy thing, but writing a book is one thing, but selling that book is obviously where the money is made, the recognition is made, and where the, the you cross that line, if you will. But what if somebody doesn't like or they're even afraid of selling? And, and they have that stigma that, you know, I don't like to sell and, you know, my book will sell on its own. What do you say to people like that? You know, I, that's an extremely insightful question because authors tend to be creative. Yeah. And creatives tend not to lean in that direction. Uh, I give a lot of advice on this topic. I really, I think, I find that most people have internal static about money. They just do. And we get really get into it when I work with people. I want to make sure we can clear as much of that static as possible. Um, You know, Will Rogers said, in order to be successful, you got to know what you're doing, like what you're doing, and believe in what you're doing. So if you tell me you want to sell a million books, but you're afraid of selling. It's like saying, I want to be a champion swimmer, but I'm afraid of the water. Right, sure. You've got to learn how to do that or you know, find someone who wants to, to work with you. I mean, ultimately, you're not just selling your book, you're selling yourself. But, but let me give you the best news for a lot of these people. These folks have gotten caught on a stereotype of what selling is, and of many of them, I'm not saying everybody, but lots and lots of people I talk to, they're stuck on this sort of hard sell concept. Well, fantastic news for those people. You don't ever want a hard sell. Just educate people. Yeah, yeah. Share. You just share the benefits. But the trap that a lot of time people fall into is they're busy sharing their benefits of their book. They forget to find out what any buyer, whether it's somebody buying one book or buying a hundred thousand, what do they look for? What do they want? And it's critical to learn to ask those questions and whatever they're looking for, I don't care what it is. The answer is always yes. Yes. Yeah, it's always yes. You'll figure it out. They say, I want it in Spanish. You say, si. They say, (laughs) I I want it in French. You say, we. I want it in Chinese. You say, she. So remember, it's si, we, she. You gotta, gotta, gotta. And if, if you are just really terrorized by the concept, of getting out there and selling, I tell everyone the same thing. Find somebody who's somebody, good at it yeah, to yeah. help you. And this applies to all of these challenges. Yeah. You've got to find someone. You know, we're born with a fear of falling. We're not born with a sense of marketing. You need help to learn how to do these things find somebody. Some people say to me, well, you know, I don't really like people like that so much. They're too outgoing. They're too, well, guess what? You better learn to like them. Learn to like them and learn to model what they do. You know, Matthew, I model. Yeah. You're you're so spot on on that. And especially the part about finding out what your, what your audience wants. And two things. Number one, I have found whether, whether it is marketing of anything, you know, I, the type of marketing I do is often from the stage. And when teaching people how to help themselves get over that fear of rejection, which is really all it is, guess what happens? The first time they make a sale, 
that fear of rejection starts to diminish more and Brilliant. more. Brilliant. And on, on the point that you made about um, finding out what your audience wants, there's a saying uh, that I've relied on my whole life. And that is, if you don't ask them what they want, then on some level, they know you don't know. And they feel like you're trying to get them to do something for you and not for them. And that's where people start to shut down. You know, if I tell oh, you, that, listen, if you, if you work really hard and you sacrifice and you put the time in for one year, at the end of the year, Matthew, my son and I get to go to Hawaii. <laughs> you know, that's <laughs> like, <laughs> that. you know, it's like, okay, well, what's in it for me? And so just the conversation oftentimes of finding out what people want. You know, I always call it that diagnosis or that, that observation stage, just finding out what they want. And lastly, I, I learned from, um, you know, who Frank Kern is Frank. Mm -hmm. uh, of course. Frank taught me a long time ago. He goes, you know, oftentimes you can get your ideas by asking people what they want first. He's a big stickler for creating the interest first and then creating the product finding out what people want and then creating the product. So it's another way of looking at it and going about No, that's exactly what it is. And it fits right in with what we were saying before, because th these, by giving the buyer what they want, you actually wind up, like the deals that I do, they benefit everyone. Yeah, yeah no doubt. The no consumer doubt. gets a book for less money. Doesn't cost... The, the, the company, the entity, whatever it is, whether it's a corporation or a nonprofit, they get the goodwill of getting the message out there, plus they get goodwill for giving away something. Then I sell the, you know, the product at a lower cost than one would expect, but yeah. that's okay because in large numbers, it doesn't that's matter. It. That's it. I did a deal where I sold 500,000 books. People said, you know, wow, how much, you must have made so much money. I said, well, I made 70 cents a book. And they said, whoa, man, that's not, well, guess what? Yeah. That's $350,000 that I put in my jeans. But just as importantly, it made me somewhat of a household name. Exactly. In, in the world of pregnancy guides, me the best-selling pregnancy guide that year in the country. So there's a lot of side benefits. It's not just about the money, but you know the money is part of it for sure yeah, with what yeah. we do. Yeah, named your household name. Well, look, Matt, we could go on and on, and I would love to. And um, I want to a couple of things. First off, uh, first off, thank you, thank you so much. And I know you have so, oh, you. so much more to share. So much more to share. How can people find you uh, and and contact you to find more about you? Uh, website is right printcell.com that's like write a book w-r-i-t-e write print cell.com you can learn more about who i am and what i do in this area and that's probably the easiest way you can go on there and sign up um and that's yeah that's probably the best way yeah. And I'll, I'll put that in the details here as well. So people have that. And so, and I recommend you, if you, you think you got a book idea, you think that uh, this is something you want to do, then uh, this is the man bar none. And Matthew, I want to thank you so much. And I encourage everybody to look them up. And as I always leave people, first off, any parting words that you would say to up and coming authors, uh, marketers? Yeah, just that you've got to, 
you've got to get serious if you want serious results. Nice, nice. If you want to treat it like a hobby, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And I mean it. Like I said, I encourage people, go ahead, definitely write. If you find it cathartic, if you, whatever it is, get, decide up front how serious you plan to be and how determined you are to get results. And those That's results, what it's all about. Yeah, and those results all the way through, not just writing the book, but, but getting that book into a physical state and actually marking that book and getting it out. Matthew, yeah. thank you so, so much. And thank you, just This is yeah. awesome. We'll have to do this again another time. And remember, everybody, life is exactly what you dare to make it, and fortune favors the bold. Please look up my dear, dear friend, Matthew, and I will see everybody at the top. I'm out! Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of The Cure for the Common Life podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review it on your favorite podcast player. And if you have any questions or comments or any topic ideas you might want to be a guest on my show, you can reach me directly at josephmcclendon.com. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you at the top.